Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's I've I've it's it's growing up as well because I've changed my game as well mm-hmm. as I've gotten older and as I'm playing higher up, I kind of understand that you have to be efficient and mm-hmm. there's it's finding a, a sweet spot between both like like a matoma like you know when Anthony's shaking his leg and then passing it back <laughs> it's not great you know what I'm saying <laughs> nah not to disrespect yeah, nah, Anthony. Nah. Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast. I'm your host Dot and I'm joined with my right hand man Dej. What are you saying bro? I'm blessed my bro. Another pod and this time we've got a visitor that's travelling from far out, you know, five hours. So I know this one's going to be good. Nah, definitely. Before we dive into the episode, um, I just want to plug the socials at podcast underscore TBG on Twitter at pod underscore tbg on instagram and at tbg pod on tiktok follow the youtube channel we're trying to get to thirty thousand subscribers leave a comment for the algorithm help us grow the platform because as we get bigger bigger guests come onto the platform so we are delighted to announce we are joined in the studio with dimitri mitchell my brother love love love, <laughs> love, love, love respect no, nah, I love for coming on, man. As you were saying, you've travelled from far out, bro. Mm, like. Far, far, bro. Like, um, I came, I was just telling you before, went down to the um, Jamaican embassy, applying for my citizenship, Jamaican citizenship. So, yeah, I passed through, innit? Okay, what? So that's obviously with a view to, like, play for Jamaica. National yeah, team hopefully. Kind of like, mm. if I'm honest with you, like, I went to Jamaica for the first time this summer. And, um, of course, when I was younger, I was playing in the England youth setup. And um, I think going to Jamaica the first time kind of opened my eyes to kind of felt like home a bit. Yeah. So like without going there, I don't think I would have felt like it was the right decision to to apply for my passport and, and try and get a call up. So yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to do right now. So when you say try and get a call up, obviously I saw some of your tweets on that, that you're obviously going to the commission. Is that, have you had contact with the Jamaica FA or it's more so... Like to get yourself in a position that if they make that call, it's like okay, I'm ready now. I got the passport. No, nah, I've had it. Well, probably in the last year, I've had a bit of um, contact with them, so I know there's interest. But um, obviously, me going to the next step to actually go and get the passport, you know, shows my seriousness about it. So mm. yeah. So was it one of those ones where they said like? 
get all the stuff done, get the passport done, then we can have a conversation once you've got that all done. Yeah, basically, it was mm. one of them, yeah, like, mm. you need to show that you're serious about this thing, innit? So, <laughs> me coming down five five yeah, hours away, yeah, yeah, jumping yeah. on the train at 6am, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was at the commission today, it was kicking off, like, was Well, what's happening? Because obviously we got the Nigerian <laughs> commission as well, and it's, Bro, it's a madness there. So, I'm sat there now, it's like a doctor's, yeah, so I'm at, I'm there at 11.30, my appointment's at 11.40, so I'm thinking, all right, might be delayed by five, ten minutes, innit? Jamaicans, you know what they're like, late. <laughs> so I'm there, it's gone to probably an hour now, yeah? So I've gone in, put my documents in now, and then my man's gone up because he's been waiting for time, innit? Said something to him. Guy behind the desk got on a mask now. So my man says something to the guy behind the desk with a mask on, the guy opens his mask off and goes, suck your mother. <laughs> Bro, after that, please come. Like, my mum's going crazy. Like, I'm reporting this, I'm reporting this. This is like, so anyway, my mum said, I'm not leaving until this gets dealt with. Please, mum, come. Next minute, they locked off the place. And it was, it's yeah. It's madness, Mad, man. But, but I'm here now, man. Yeah, and that's no, the big thing. I think the perfect way for me to start this one is, obviously, you took an Uber here. And you were having difficulties yeah, getting the yeah, Uber yeah, because yeah. they kept cancelling. <laughs> so you're in the Uber today mm. and the Uber driver says, like, hi, hi, Dimitri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do? You see me when, I, when I'm in a, in a situation when I'm, like, getting a taxi or, like, the first thing I do is, like, I like to ask someone's name or mm. just ask them how the day is, like, because... I've noticed like small things that you can do can impact people massively. Mm. Even people sometimes complain about, you know, talking to a taxi man and the taxi man's waffling, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But to them, they're sat in a car all day, like different people just ignoring them. Like they just want to have a conversation sometimes. So, you know, it's giving five, 10 minutes of your time, speak to them. So most of the time I'm into business. So I ask them like, how's Uber work? What cut did it take? Just show a bit interesting to them. More time to ask about me. And then, yeah, like, after five, ten minutes, like, I might settle down and just put my AirPods in. But, you know, five, ten minutes, it's good to, it's good to speak to different people, not just your little bubble. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I know we're going to talk more about a footballer's bubble yeah, later yeah. on in the show. But I want to talk to you about the start of your journey because mm. like, it's been a hell, hell of a journey so far in terms of you've played for one of the biggest clubs in yeah, the, yeah, in the yeah. country or in Europe, I might say. So talk to us about the humble beginnings growing up in Manny. Yeah, so for me, I started at Fletcher Moss. So the likes of like Marcus, Danny Welbeck, I think Danny Welbeck, um, myself, and a couple others have played for Fletcher Moss. So it's quite a well-known team in Manchester locally. Um, got picked up around five, six for like the um, development centre. And I don't think you can sign until you're eight. So I signed at eight. You start at the Cliff and Littleton Road. And then once you get to 12, you move to Carrington where there's two buildings, first team, and under 16s downwards, under 18s, 23s, and first team in the same building. So, yeah, man, I um, I was living in Stretford right next to the stadium, could actually probably see it from the street of my house. I was at a school that, it wasn't a bad school, but it wasn't the best, you know what I mean? Yeah. Council estate, not the best school. And, you know, I wanted to be, for some reason, I don't know why, but the popular kids are the ones that are the naughty kids, innit? Yeah. So, I weren't really in trying to be naughty, innit? But, I wanted to be popular, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so obviously I was, I was in and around the wrong crowd sometimes. Um, but then my mum, which I thought at the time, she just wanted to get rid of me. United was doing a programme of um, Ashton or Mersey where 
certain certain kids that were playing for the academy would move to Ashton Mersey school. And I thought my mum was trying to push it because she had enough of me because me and my mum when we were younger used to clash quite a bit. So then anyway, I've moved to the school now, yeah, after year nine, so I'm doing year 10 and 11 now. Um, Marcus is already there, McTominay, Josh Harrop, um, Devontae Redmond joined the same year as me, Axel Twanzebi. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a good, it was a good group of lads that was there. Um, but that transition there, going from training twice a week as you do at like 12, 13, going on a Tuesday and a Thursday, to when you join the Manus program, you're then training Monday to Friday, game on a Saturday, but you're training twice in yeah. and three of them days. So, so going to tra- going from training twice a week to eight times a week pretty much was like probably the biggest stepping stone in my development as a kid. So like you mentioned in terms of growing up, you grew mm. up in a council estate. That's like a familiar journey for a lot of like the London yeah, kids yeah, yeah. that make it. So talk to us about that because I think those early days kind of shape people's character in terms of what they're around, the influences and what was happening on the streets. Yeah, like obviously like you just said, a lot of people grow up from a council estate and end up being professed. So I don't think that's nothing special. I'm just stating it. Mm. But it just becomes the normal to you. Like for me, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, just knocking about playing football, sometimes getting a role involved in the, the wrong things. I wouldn't say anything too serious, but you know, just going to the youth clubs, fireworks, doing silly things, <laughs> coming back late, you got a game the next day, like just trying to be, one, like I said, one of the popular kids around the area, innit? So, you know, that comes with its um, bad bits. But um, nah, man, like a lot of kids come from council estates, won't be where I am today without it, I don't think. And, and I'm not, I'm not, um, what's the word? I'm, I'm proud to come from a council yeah, estate. Like, yeah. you know, I've got an accent that's probably a bit, not road, but a bit, I don't know. You know, you know what I mean. It's not. Yeah. It's not well, well spoken. You get yeah, it's the not street. Queen's English. Yeah, it's not Queen's English. <laughs> so I, I don't mind in it. It's yeah. not like you, man, that are from London, but it's Manche- Manchester's version of. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah. So when did you realize that you've got something? Because everyone has that sort of light bulb moment when they think, "Listen, I'm killing it on the roads. Like I'm doing my thing on football. I'm smashing up everyone. I'm ripping man. I'm doing my thing." So when did you know it's you know that it was, sort yeah. of? And I can't even find it no more <laughs> online, but I remember I got called up for um for England Victory Shield, innit? Oh yeah, that's the under sixteen. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And um these times I'm doing really well. In fact, also had a night sponsorship in it, so that gassed me a bit. Okay, <laughs> so, so, so how that, did you get that? How did you get the Nike sponsorship? Um so at the time United mm. was sponsored by Nike. So okay. I think Nike at that time would selectively go and pick the best players in each age group, two or three, and be like we're gonna we're gonna invest into into these to these athletes and I think Marcus was from like the age of eleven that he was sponsored and then like yeah they just select and then sometimes people will go, get sponsored by Adidas um, Puma and that wasn't really about them but so when you say Marcus Rashford, Rashford yeah, okay yeah, yeah. so what he was he, he he was the guy from early though I can't lie yeah from early yeah just having fun bro I used to sometimes yeah pick up my cereal box and he's on the back of it. I don't even know how, in the swimming pool, like, he's just yeah. star boy, yeah, he was wow. star boy. What, from what age from, was from he? 12, 11, he was the year below me in school, mm. but it was both 97s, innit? Okay, yeah. So, yeah. like, in the England setup, and like, he was my age, but in school, he was the year below me. Got you. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's, that's interesting. I, I think probably we'll talk about Marcus later on when we talk mm. about the, the current Man United team. So, yeah, you're at Man United, you're doing your thing, you're progressing through the ranks. Yeah. So, like, 
how was that journey through the system? Was it like kind of seamless or were there some moments where, oh, I might get released kind of thing? Or you... For me, I'd say, if I'm, if I'm real with you, it's was, it was quite seamless. Like growing up, I was always one of the better players in my age group. So it was never a time where I felt I, I could get released. I'll get onto that in a, in a bit later because it did get to that point. But growing up from the age of eight to probably 18, 19, I always felt like I was one of the main players, one of the better players in the group. So that didn't really, like I said, I got to 16, called up for Victory Shield, had the Neymar Mohican thing going on and all that. <laughs> School tried to stop me from going as well, it was mad. Um, but yeah, and then what happened is, got to under 18s now, I was still doing my thing, and then I got injury. So the first actual real injury of my career, um, ankle injury, and it kept me out from the, the second season of under 18s going into 23s. So then when I came back now, I thought I was still top of the top of the pack, do you get what I'm saying? Mm. And I've come back now and everything just feels 100 miles an hour. And I, I was out for about six months. Well, not six months, it was like three months, but then off season, pre-season. <laughs> um, and I remember saying to my dad, like, it just, it feel, everything just feels faster. But I think because it was like the step up from 18s to 23s, yeah. and I didn't have that six month period of like gradually training with the 23s, mm. I missed out on that six months, so it was like a bit of a shock to the system. And then at that moment, I had a year where I was just a bit part player for the 23s in my first year with um, Warren Joyce was the manager. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, at the end of the season, contract was done, and I was thinking, right, like, I might, might not get another one here. But luckily I did. And then Nicky Butts took over, and he was kind of the first person to transition me from... Because you have to remember, when I was in the 23s, you had... The front three or the wingers was like Yanazai, Rashford, Pereira would play there sometimes. Okay. So like the the, the levels was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was stacked. <laughs> so the Nicky Butt was like, "How do you feel about playing playing fullback?" And I was like, "I just wanted to play." Do you know what I'm saying? I was like, "Yeah, I'm all over it." So in my st- this was the second year of my my pro, and um, this was by December time. So Warren had left probably. I don't know around December, Nicky Butts come in, and I've still not really played much football, so I'm in my second year, only got off, only had a, a year contract, end of the season finished, and um, I've played, done my thing, and by the end of the season, it was the same year that I made my debut for United at left back. Jeez, that's so. a hell of a journey. <laughs> so, you were having doubts in regards to getting a new contract, yeah, right? Yeah. So what was like the reason why the club said, listen, we're gonna put faith in you, we're gonna give you that deal? I think probably based off what I'd shown in in my younger, obviously I'd been injured and, and these things and I felt, I felt like the club, United was quite good with taking those things into consideration. Like Scott was probably, I'm 5'8", he was about 5'6 and under 18s, but they believed in him. Okay. And he's a, he's a giant now, box to box <laughs> midfielder. Mm. He, was, he was literally five, like there's pictures where I'm towering above him. In, wow. like, under 17, it's crazy. Wow. So like the club are quite, quite good with um, players that get injured, rehabbing them back, and um, you know having faith in players that might be something in the future. Yeah. So talk to us about the academy because everyone mm. knows about the class of '92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you said, like Man United sort of have like a famed academy. You always get someone like coming mm. through. Obviously, Marcus now, Danny Welbeck, as yeah, you mentioned, yeah, Scott yeah. McTominay. So you actually like produce talent. So. Talk to us about that pathway because we haven't, I don't think, spoken to like mm. a ex-Man United player about the 
Yeah, um, it's different. It's difficult to speak about it sometimes because it's just what feels normal. So some things that you might be interested in might fly over my head and think you don't want to hear about that. Yeah. But like, I think the main things is is like we everybody's in the same building. Like I said, so 18s, 23s, and first team all in the same building. And even like when I said I was at Ashton Mersey at school, we would come in for for lunch and we'd be sat with like the whole first team at 13, 14 and mingling and getting to grips with them. And we used to have um, this, it wasn't five aside, it was more of a seven aside thing called the cage. Yeah. And you'd have like players from under 13s to the 23s all training together. So I'd be in there at like 14 training with Ravel, Pogba, um, Jesse, and like you blended in like as a big family rather than you're under 14s, you're under 15s. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when it comes to the time where you might be ready to step up, you're comfortable around these men, innit? Mm-hmm. So you don't feel like too much pressure. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like your friends already. Yeah. Rather than, you got that familiarity. Yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big thing at, at United, like I said, with the with the buildings being so close together. And talk to us about the the cliff because I remember when Oli was the manager, it almost became like a running joke. Oh, he's showing the players the cliff, <laughs> blah blah blah. But w- what does that mean? To, the cliff, to ma- yeah. To so Manchester the cliff United. is. So the cliff, I think United moved to. I might be wrong in this, but mm. they might have moved to Carrington in either ninety nine or two thousand and one. Mm. But the cliff was obviously the old training ground where they used to train, which is now where I don't know if they still do it like this because this was seven years ago when I was. At, in it, well, not seven years ago, it was about four years ago when I was in the academy, so mm-hmm. might have changed now. But um, the cliff was used with Littleton Road as a place where all the ages from eight to under 11s or 12s would train before you transition to Carrington. Mm-hmm. So th- the teams would still play games on the pitch, though. It's like an indoor, think of it as an indoor massive dome. Oh, yeah, for kids, yeah, yeah. And then a pitch outside, but the pitch is, pitch is good quality, it's, it's proper, proper still. So, yeah. Okay, so like, yeah, we're going to talk about obviously making that first team debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of Jose Mourinho's team, mm. you know, playing left back against Crystal Palace, final game of the season. Yeah. Obviously, like, no small task of, you know, up against Wilfred Zaha. Yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. to us about that in front of 75,000 people. Like, that's the dream. That's the pinnacle. Yeah, that was crazy, man. That was um, obviously one of the most, the biggest highlights of my career, so... Yeah, um, I kind of got the the nod from the from the manager. I remember I was in a canteen in the line, and he was like, "Are you ready for Saturday?" I I hadn't heard anything about if I was playing or not. I was thinking, "Ready for Saturday? What are you on about?" And he was like, "Yeah, are you ready?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm ready." <laughs> <laughs> These times, I'm, it's already crossed my mind that I'm playing against Zahar, isn't it? Probably. So I'm thinking. So I go home now. I'm watching clips of Zahar. Um, thinking about Zahar before I go to sleep. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> These times, this is just a Bob game for Zaha. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, played in that game and I was nervous. I remember in a warm-up, like, couldn't string two passes together in a warm-up. I was thinking, like, I'm looking around at the crowd. But I like crowds. Like, I, I thrive off playing in front of crowds. Like, them in-house games at the at the club when it's a bit meaningless, sometimes I struggle with them to get myself up to, to playing them because I like the atmosphere and playing in front of a crowd, like I said, so... Game started, obviously strung a few passes together, bounced a few off Jones and that, but it was until I, I must have clipped a, about a 60-yard, 70-yard diag to, to Rooney in behind, 
and like got a little clap from the crowd, put Rooney through, like not not one on one, but like he had a shot on goal, mm-hmm. and that's when I fully like, yeah. like I'm in the game now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the crowd just became like just uplifting rather than I fear. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think yeah, I made that pass to 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 Rooney and um, just settled me down, and then yeah, like had a, had a, had a quite a good game that match. Like I played against Zaha, had a good battle against him. Um, enjoy myself, yeah. I, I tell you what, Pogba, he was helping me a lot. He was he was helping me out a lot in that game, like coming over, like doing his little defensive duties and just making sure that like he was he was he was good on that day still for all of us. Yeah, so even like that's an interesting time for Man United. Cause I know they finished, I believe, six that season, but they won trophies. I believe three trophies mm. at the end of that season. So talk to us about that period of Man United under Jose Mourinho. Yeah, um, I don't really know where to. St- I I was just focusing on myself, coming in training every day, getting the call. You were the first team today, or you're not with the first team today, and it was just about. I wasn't really in and amongst it too much with. Okay. The, do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, it was more the back end of the season when they were building up for that for that Europa, um, Europa League final, and um, I remember it was. We had the final training session before the before the the final before he was flying out, and I didn't travel for that game. But he told everybody to take penalties. Yeah. So me and um, I think McTominay at the time, we took the balls and we was walking over to take the penalties with them. And he was like, "No, no, no, kid, kids, you go in." Go in. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, right, I'm, I'm, I'm at was it? You never know, innit? But yeah, he was like, "Kids, go in, go in." And um, but yeah, now nah, like, I have. I have Marina was very good with me to be mm. honest. Like, I can't on tour. I got minutes. Um, I enjoyed my time with him, even though it was it was short lived. Like, obviously, he gave me my debut, so I'm thankful for that. But if, little things, I think, as a young player, you got to understand. That I was a bit, I was a bit naive in terms of. So I played my first team debut, and I don't know, maybe I am, but I don't, I don't feel like I come across as a as a big time character. But I done. I went on holiday and I dyed my hair blonde. Yeah. Yeah. And I've come back now, and everyone was doing it at the time the blonde thing. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just wanted to be part of the yeah. part of the the, the culture. The, yeah, the trend at the time, yeah, innit? Yeah. But coming back now, knowing the kind of manager that Mourinho is, like he might judge that, and I'd probably judge that now if I seen a young kid at 19, 20 coming with a be- bleach blonde hair, um, even if he means no harm by it. I just feel like it was a bit naive from me, so that's a little regret there that I probably have. So but, did he comment on this, or like um, when you reflect on it, you think mm, maybe shouldn't have done that? Or obviously that's not going to be the defining moment of my career, dyeing my hair. But I just feel like little things sometimes don't mm. help the situations. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so if I could give any advice to to younger players, I'd say try, even if you're not intending to, think about what you're doing and try and just come across as humble as possible in certain situations yeah because you even hear like i don't know maybe it was michael richards that we spoke to on the pod like talking about maybe younger players coming in in flashy cars are yeah. you talking about those kind of things that yeah like, being not, until you like yeah, kind of yeah, make yeah. it until and, you're and, that guy i'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things but i'm just saying i don't i don't personally feel like there's anything wrong with if you've got um enough money to go and get a nice car but I feel like you have to be aware to understand that some some people may judge it. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? So if you're clever enough to know that some all right, some people may judge it, so I'm not gonna do that, or I'll, I'll just keep that whip at home and just come in in my A class rather <laughs> than bringing my 
CLS 45 or <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like you just got to be smart. But at that time, like when you're young, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. And another person you mentioned just briefly is Paul Pogba. Mm. Obviously, there's this whole sort of media storm around him now. People yeah. sort of judge his character. They don't really know him. Because in the media, I don't know, certain people, you have to be honest, they've got like a, an agenda yeah, yeah, against no, facts, Paul. Facts. So like, you know the guy or you mm. spent time with the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, Talk to us about how he is as a person. For me, like, I'm not going to lie, he was one of the most embracing players in the first team when I've gone and trained with them and, and, and been a part of the squads. Um, him and Lukaku, two quality guys. I'm not just saying that, like, always um, making you feel comfortable around him. And there's certain players in the first team that don't always make you feel like that. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to start naming names and stuff. But those two, Pogba and, and Lukaku, Phil Jones as well, but... I was quite, me and him was injured at the same time, so I spent quite a lot of time with him. Um, but Pogba was just like, happy-go-lucky guy, always like grabbing you, uh, having a laugh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, making you feel part of the, and I'm sure all the other academy lads will say the same thing. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with all that that's happened recently, but in terms of like day-to-day guy, man-to-man, like, he's a good guy, man. Would you say he's the best player that you trained with? Um, technically in training, like, he was frightening, like, I always appreciate things that I can't really do when I'm watching someone else play and train. So when you see somebody so strong but still be able to move and have flair and have feet, that six foot three, probably about 95 kg, like, I'm like, wow, like, for you to be able to do that with that frame is, mm. is crazy. So yeah, he's definitely up there. Um, Marcus, the, the, the biggest thing with players that go from 23s to the first team is when they go missing for a bit and they're with the first team and then they you catch a training session with them or you go and train with them, you just see the level increase oh, okay, differently. Yeah, yeah. So I remember McTominay. Um, so me and him was training with the first team like for quite a while, same time. Come back from tour, he's been training more with the first team and more with the 23s, about to go on loan. And he must have tr- come to train with us because he went in the squad or for whatever reason, I don't know. Um... And the levels was just frightening. It was frightening. I was thinking, is this the same McTominay that was from six months ago? It was, yeah. it's, it's the, the, the amount you improved so drastically from just training and being around him is mind-blowing. Are you close with your dad? Yeah, very close. Though. So when you made that debut, what's, yeah. what's the conversation? You see me and my dad? Mm. It's like me and my, me and my best friend. He sent me a voice <laughs> note the other day, yeah? And I played for you now. I've still got it, but I'm not going to play it. <laughs> the guy was like, he was talking about football. And it was like, at the end of it, it was like, all right, bro. And, and then he goes, I mean, bro, I mean, son. You know what I'm <laughs> so me and my dad, like, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. go and do your thing, man. Mm-hmm. Like, me and him would just debate about football, boxing, loads of different things, man. So, like, it was more of a, like I said, a brother. Mm-hmm. I've been on holiday just me and him to, to, to iron up on mm-hmm. my dad yeah, when I was 18. Yeah, so that's the kind of relationship I got wow. with him. So it's like a boy's night out. Yeah, yeah. I've been to live with him, just me and him and my boy. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you make your debut yeah. at Man United. You come back. And obviously, what's the conversation with the club? Is it like you want you to be around the first team? Or we think you need a loan to like sort of guide your development? Or Yeah, so I made my debut. Like I said, it was a good one. Got on tour. Had a good tour as well. Um come back and spoke with the manager and it was a case of so I didn't go on loan then I stayed but what it was is they, they didn't have too many options in the left back area so it was like if we get injuries you're next in line 
if so we who don't. Who was the Daily Blind? I think Ashley Young. And Luke Shaw. Okay. But I think um, Ash was kind of playing more as a right back, I think. Okay. So it was like them two Daily Blind, Luke Shaw, and basically me. Um, and obviously nobody got injured. I, I actually wanted to go on loan, to be honest with you, because I kind of figured out I'm probably not going to play. Like you can see with the two in front of you, you're most likely not going to play in it. So um, play 23s and then I went on loan in that January to Hearts, um, start of January. Yeah. Just very quickly, like how did your life change? Because you always hear it when you make your debut for, for one of the biggest clubs in the world. Your life is different after that. So like, was there like more fanfare? Oh, that's Dimitri Mitchell. Blah, <laughs> yeah, hundred. Like, how, how how is it, bro? <laughs> yeah, now nah, hundred. Like, there's definitely. You made your debut for United. You come back to your phone. You got fifty k more followers. Like, Seriously? even when Marcus made his debut, I was catching followers just from him making his debut and bagging. Like, it was what when he bagged Arsenal. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> oh, the European. Yeah, 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 I've yeah. gone from like six, seven k followers on Insta. Yeah. To within a year, probably to about fifty k from Marcus making his debut. See. Yeah. So what, what was the connection then? What you just fo- just whoever he followed, people were just <laughs> okay, following him. That's wow. how mad it was. So and how then, do you how do you how do you deal with it? Like in terms of wow, I think like, you just I don't know. Like you just kind of you see you know what it is. You see how everybody else copes with it and deals with it in terms of what content they put out mm. on social media, what, how they behave, and you're kind of just following their footsteps. So I don't think there's a blueprint on how to behave and how to to handle yourself once you start to get some attention on social media. There's no real blueprint, but... Did the club, like, kind of prepare you for that? Like, like listen, um, you made your debut, be wary of this. When you go out now, you're going to get recognised. Attention yeah, from the women. Did the club, like, speak to you about those kind of things? Yeah, they definitely speak to you and t- say, be careful. But it's like, sometimes when you're that age and it's no different to your mum and dad telling you yeah. not to do something and you don't really, you don't really want to take it in. So as much as they tell you... <laughs> Like, you're none the wiser, really. So what were you watching, like, match of the day after that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as you finish the game, your clips are probably uploaded within 30 minutes. Mm. Even now, when I'm, whilst I'm at Exeter, like, your clips are there. So as soon as I'm on huddle, I'm looking for the clips, looking, oh, yeah, my brother did this, let me watch this back. So, yeah, man, it's just, it's thrilling. It was thrilling. It was a thrilling time, man. But you, you kind of just, you're living in it, so you don't really notice that it's such a big thing at the time. So yeah. So what is there anything you would have done differently? Like, would you have enjoyed the moment more, or um, back? I probably could have come back a bit fitter. I'd say um, in the off, not the first because I went on two tours to LA. I went on one after my debut, and then the next year was the World Cup, and there was quite a few young players that went on the tour. And I feel like I could have prepared myself a little. I, I didn't come back unfit. I never unfit like. You can see I'm quite a lean person, yeah. but mm-hmm. I could have come back a machine and I just came back average for myself, if that makes sense. Like yeah. Right now I feel in tip-top condition. I feel like if I came back how I am now, then things could have maybe been a bit different. But I had a, had, had a lot of injuries after after um, my second loan spell at heart. So I probably missed out on about 18 months of football. From So I went back on loan to hearts after the second tour. So let me let me just break it down. So I've gone to Hearts on loan after I've not played for the six months because I was staying around the first team. Um, got injured, came back. It's only a six week injury. Gone on tour again, and then I've gone on loan for the full season this time. Um, got injured in Feb, and then so I've got injured in Feb. That's took me out to the end of the season. Missed the transfer window, so I couldn't go anywhere. 
got to the next transfer window, picked up a niggle, couldn't go anywhere then, and then COVID's happened. So I've basically missed a year and a half, and by that time, my contract's coming to an end. Mm. So I've missed a year and a half of football, contract's done, and I know that when you're in that predicament, you're, you're not waiting for the call to say your contract's done. Like, you already know in the back of your head. And let me tell you something. I knew 99.9% that, that that wasn't getting a new contract in it. But when you get confirmed on the phone and they ring you and tell you, it just hits you differently. Even though you already knew. I don't know what it is. So who would contact you? Is this like a club administrator? So whoever was the, the academy manager at the time. Um, would, at that time, it was COVID. So you probably would have had a meeting at the club. But it was COVID. So we jumped on a Zoom call to get told you fate in it. And even though I knew my fate, when they told me it was just a lump in my throat, like, what now? And then what happened? What <laughs> happened after that phone so, call? So, after that, <laughs> I was, um, do you ever put up pictures of like, you know, when you see like on podcasts and they put a the little ping and there's a little picture of what someone's talking about? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So after that, yeah, I thought, fuck this. I'm on beast mode, innit? So my, my knee's still not the greatest. Um, I've just been released and I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm on smoke. So I've, I've I've built a full new gym in my in my back garden, not in my back garden, in my garage at home. Cost me about not not too much, about four or five bags. It was COVID, so you couldn't go to the gym. That's why I, that's why I bought it. Otherwise, I would have just been to PR in it. So I've bought that now. I'm trying to strengthen up the legs, strengthen up the knee, and um, do my upper bodies and that. And I post a picture online because I'm thinking I need a club in it. So I post a picture up like this, tensing up, mm. like this. Mm. Like monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah looking yeah, like, yeah, on, yeah. like on beast mode, you get yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Does that do anything? Does that help? Does that help? paper, bro. So it was in a paper, mm. like, Mitchell been released from United, looking sharp, looking <laughs> lean as ever. So I'm saying, like, yeah, it's done what I, that's, that's why I put it up. It wasn't mm. just to be like, look at yeah, me yeah, online. Yeah. I said at the time to my family, I need to do something to get back people aware of, yeah, of me, innit? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm clubless now, like, I ain't got a job now, like, so, yeah, so it's got a bit of media attention. Um, and then I'm ringing my agent. I'm saying, like, what's what's the plan? So um, I, my, my boy at the time was at Rotherham. So he's got me a trial at Rotherham. And I go in at, at Rotherham, stay in a hotel. Um, I kind of only really got the trial through my boy in it. So I'm not really expecting to be getting off of the contract. It's more going there to, to train, in it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've gone there now. And bro, I was moving like Ronaldinho, bro. I don't know what it was. Like, I think because I had a point to prove. Yeah, yeah. I was doing flip flaps. I was doing, I don't know, but I was moving one minute. I don't know if it was because everyone had been off because of COVID as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> been on the drinks and that, but I was moving warm. Anyway, these man got in contact with my agent and was like, we're looking for a solid left back. This this man's more like a winger, innit? So we're not really looking for a winger. Mm. So I was like, okay, maybe I, maybe I don't do much in it. <laughs> maybe I overdone it. Do you get yeah. me? But I'm thinking, okay, been knocked back, but we go again. So then I've gone to Sunderland to train. Now this one's proper been lined up from my agent, and um, gone gone Sunderland, trained a joke again. So I'm like, probably trained a little bit better at Rotherham, but I, at Sunderland I was I was moving warm, and um, I ended up not getting a deal. Through no fault of my own, they didn't actually sign anybody that window. I think it was in a bit of financial troubles. I don't mm. know, but I think it was anyway. Um, but the second knock on the head, I'm thinking like, am I deluded? Like, am I not doing my thing? Do I think I'm this? I'm starting to contemplate. Am I? Be- am I thinking I'm better than I am? Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm thinking, right, like, I need to 
I need to have a look at myself, really. I need to have a look in the mirror and say, am I, do, am I doing what I think I am? <laughs> so anyway, got another call from my agent and he said, I've got Blackpool. So these times now, United's actually still letting me go in and train for an extra month because they said, we know you're coming back from a long time out. You can come and train with us. So I took that. I was actually the only person that took that opportunity from everybody that got released. So they give that to everybody because that's of class. COVID. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a that's nice gesture from yeah, them. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Like they didn't need to do that. Yeah, yeah. People was putting like, is Mitchell still like that? Nah, I thought they'd been released. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm training with them, and for some stupid reason, like an idiot, I'm training with the youngers in it. Not the youngers, but the 23s of that generation, which would mm-hmm. have been Ethan Laird and Baller, by the way, serious mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gone in with a 50-50 with one of them and I've sprayed my uncle. My agent's telling me I've got a trial next week at Blackpool. Mm. So I'm thinking, damn it, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you, why are you going in for 50-50s in training and off-season? So anyway, uncle's feeling a bit flimsy. And, um, but I'm, I'm, I need this trial in it. I'm thinking yeah. I, need to just, <laughs> I need to just ice up the thing, just get through it, wrap it up, wrap it up. So I've gone to Blackpool now and I've wrapped it up and um, I'm training media, bro. Like, mm. I'm training bang average and um they've got a game against everton first team and i'm playing against Theo walcott and my uncle's half hanging yeah. off grade <laughs> i say it was probably a grade one in it like you can get through it but mm-hmm. tape that thing up proper you get me yeah. so tape it up now um 45 minutes i'm playing hard in it like i'm not no i'm not playing hard but Lord, i'm showing i'm showing promises you get me and I, and I know that in it like yeah, yeah, getting yeah. the ball i'm driving <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show my things you get yeah, me yeah, yeah. and then um one ball gets fizzed in behind, I think by Sigurdsson. <laughs> Walcott's off, bro. They didn't even see him, like, blindside. Walcott's made a running behind now. And um, I'm chasing him. I'm thinking, I can't let man bag. Like, I'm on trial, yeah? If my man's run off me and bagged, then I ain't getting this deal. Mm-hmm. So I've gone to slide, and I've tripped him, innit? Give away a free kick now. I'm thinking, right, I'm getting sent off last man. Yeah. <laughs> Ref said, I'm allow you, innit? It's a friendly. Anyway, I'm like, all right, cool, cool. Sigerson steps up, slaps it, then yeah. I'm thinking, just my look. Anyway, go back to Blackpool, train a bit more. Ankle's feeling a bit better. Probably do a little bit better in, in the training, to be fair. Um, and then um, I get the call from my agent saying, these men want to offer you a deal. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, mad, I didn't expect it. I was buzzing, innit? Um, met the lads there. Everyone's, everyone was blessed. And then... Um, I said to the man them, I was like, I said, you man? I said, I've been offered something in it, but like, I just want to see what else is out there. Um, hopefully I'll see you man again. Um, you said to the players? To the players, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, said, yeah. I said, I've been offered something, like, I've got a few other options to go and trial elsewhere. So I'm going to shout you man, hopefully I'll see you again. So then I was like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then finally agreed terms, come back about 10 days later. These mum was like, right, we thought you was gassing that you got offered something. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes mum will lie in it and yeah, be like, yeah, yeah they've offered me something. You never see them again. T- yeah, you yeah, never yeah, see yeah, them. Yeah. Like, I've been offered, but I don't want to take it. But like, I actually did. So these yeah. mum thought I was chatting rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I ended up at Blackpool and then and then had a good season. Had a good season. That's interesting because I know you mentioned that you went on loan to Hearts initially. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So how was that experience like? Because this is the first time you're probably fleeing the nest. So you're going to live in Scotland. So what was that experience like? Yeah, man, like, I just took it all in my stride. I remember people saying to me, you don't want to go to the SPL. Um, why going to Scotland? And to me, like, Hearts is a big club. So when I heard that they were interested, I jumped at it, went down to see the training facilities beforehand, which you don't always get the chance to do, but it was fine with that. Like, I went down at the time with my agent, looked at the facilities, good facilities. Um, 
sign there on loan and I didn't realise it but when you go on loan you sign and they just chuck you in like even players that we get on loan at Exeter now, they sign on a Friday <laughs> and playing on a Saturday, yeah. like it's like boom. So I must have played I think my first game was against Hibernian, which is mad. That's the derby, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And I got I think got mad at a match that game. Um and yeah, it was it was the first I will be honest with you, the first spell I had was about ten, eleven games and I was frightening. Like mm. I was I was smashing, I was playing wing back, had license to get up and down, bomb forward. And then the second period I went I was playing more in a, in a back four. And for me personally, the way I play, it's probably I'm probably more of a wing-back winger rather than a left-back wing-back. Right. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we was playing in a back four, I'm not going to lie, sometimes I didn't have my best games. So the second spell was a bit bang average. First spell was, was quite good, yeah, if I'm, if, in my honest opinion. And how would you, like, sum up your time at Hearts? Um just growth really I'd say yeah. without playing for hearts that spell of me going to the Rotherham's the Sunderland's and the Blackpool's would have been non-existent because yeah. you see football it's like it's like any job in life isn't it you need a CV so you can be have all the expertise in the world but if you've not worked nowhere and you're going to get the, one of the best jobs out there ain't nobody going to be interested in it they want to see what you got on your CV so Hearts was kind of like my CV, like I've been in men's football, I've played 30 games. So without that, I've seen players that were frightening players that were playing with me at under 23s and they fell out the game because they didn't have that loan spell that when you leave United you might need or when you leave a big club you might need. So I feel like that that was the main thing, getting them games on my CV and having something to build on you. Yeah. So you joined Blackpool. I know that was a decent time. Obviously, you yeah. were part of the team that got promoted to the championship. Yeah, yeah. So, like, how was that sort of camaraderie in terms of, okay, I've left my United. Mm. This is my next club where I can call home. If I'm real with you, like, I was a bit deluded. So <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit deluded thinking, like, I'm going to leave United. I'm going to go League One. The League One is not, not that good. And I'm just going to smack it up and I'll get back to the Prem. Do you get what I'm saying? I'll be real with you. That's what, And a lot of players think that. Because I didn't realise the level of League One. I understood SPL because I'd played there, innit? So yeah. I thought, yeah, that level's decent. But I hadn't played League One or League Two yet. So I hadn't understood that these men are hard. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so where would you rank League One versus SPL in terms of, like, quality? Um, I'd say there's two, there's three things I'd say. So I'd mm. say SPL, the ball's in the air a lot more, which obviously doesn't suit my, mm-hmm. my style of play, innit? Um, secondly, the refs let a lot more go in the SPL. <laughs> SPFL. I was getting grilled online for calling the SPL, so apparently it's the SPFL. But um, yeah, the, the refs let a lot more go. And um, in terms of quality, because the league's so small, mm. you've got Celtic and Rangers mm-hmm. that are probably low prem, top champ. Yeah, I saw you doing a yeah, breakdown yeah, on yeah, live. Yeah, so like, yeah, 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 then so. you've got the Hibs, Hearts, and Aberdeen. <laughs> and personally, in my opinion, Place them, like like I said online, which was a, a Rotherham, Barnsley up and down between League One and Champ, mm-hmm. and then some of the other clubs I just placed them in middle to bottom League One, and then Rangers and Celtic top Champ, did you say? Um, or? some of the the Celtic team that I played against last year, I would have put them in the Prem because they had the the manager from and, Spurs, and, yeah, 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 and they was. They was frightening, bro. They had that Kyogo as well. Yeah, He's, yeah, uh, yeah. Doing and the damage. year before, Rangers was better than Celtic. 
um, with with Gerard, I think yeah, it was Gerard, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it had um, it had Ken, Marino. it had Arribo, yeah, yeah. um, Morelos, Morelos, yeah, yeah. Morelos. So they were that they were those when they got to the Europa League final, mm-hmm. they was prem, they was prem then, mm-hmm. innit? But right now, obviously, I'm not playing, so I don't know. So yeah. talk to us about that promotion season. Yeah, that that promotion season was magic. Also, I remember the first probably eight games. We was in a relo, bro. We was in a relegation zone. And like, we was thinking, right, like, when I went to Blackpool, I clocked that these men are hard. So I was like, right, these, because I'd been at Rotherham, Sunderland and Blackpool. So I'd seen a, a various different, like, levels in it mm-hmm. of, of individual players. So I thought, right, these men have some players. Had um, Keshi Anderson, oh, yeah, Jerry it. Yates, yeah. um, a couple other men, uh, Gary Medine, he's a proper striker. Proper striker. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, but you had seventeen players brand new together. I was the seventh. I didn't realize I was the seventeenth signing, bro. So when I come there, everybody was new. So I uh, wasn't even a new guy. It was just it's like a Nottingham Forest, yeah, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So obviously, after eight games, it's gonna you're not gonna just gel straight away. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, it was it was it weren't great for the first eight games, and then we just started picking up results, and we just hit some mad form of about. 16 to 17 games of of not losing but i had a funny period there so i started left back um had some good games had some bad games found myself out of the team so i went and, and spoke to the manager and it was from no it was from my own doing like i was out of the team off my, off my own doing so i went and spoke to the manager and um i was like gaff like i feel i think i might be better playing a bit higher up and i think manager wasn't too sure about it at the time played in some training behind closed doors friendlies started doing my thing and then started getting some minutes off the bench higher up left wing right wing um started started coming on having an impact and then before i knew it i started starting games and i was finding a little rhythm um come to the come to the game at wembley started and and, and we went up yeah so it was a topsy-turvy season for myself through my own, through my own making, but what was what were you doing that made you have that sort of, I don't know. Um, I think up and down sort of season. Was it training? I think being a young player. Mm. I wasn't that young. I was twenty three. So let me not say you. <laughs> being inexperienced in men's football, should mm. I say? Um, I was still quite emotional in terms of my performances. So one good game, I'm on cloud nine. Next game, mm. I, I don't do well. I'm typing my name on Twitter, which is never a good thing to do. People mm. are grilling me. Do so you react to that? I think a lot of players do, and I see sometimes in the change room after the game, first thing, man, I'm on the phone typing the name in, in Twitter. Okay. And so people are thinking nobody's seen these things, but man, I'm typing the name in to see what people are thinking of them. Mm. Like, and it's not good. Like, it was actually McTominay that said to me, I think he must have seen me doing it, and was like, you shouldn't do that. Oh really? And since then, like, I stopped doing it, still. Because so that that was back at Man United. Yeah, yeah. Because you always hear people say about McTominay that he had leadership from early. Is that something you saw as well? Um, I wouldn't say that he had leadership from early, but I would say that he was driven massively from early. Like McTominay, like when I was there, was one of these men that when he's having snacks, he's not having digestives. Man's having couscous and nuts. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Couscous and nuts. Couscous and nuts wow, with snack. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That kind of dedication there, the Harlan kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say mum was driven still. Yeah. Mum was really driven. Mm. Yeah, 100. So yeah, so Blackpool get promoted to the champ. Yeah. So talk to us about your position in, in the team or yeah, what happened. Yeah, so 
obviously I have transitioned now to a winger because obviously I spoke to the manager, like I just said. So I've transitioned to a winger and um, pre-season started and I'm on smoke, like three and three, feeling like this is me, like I'm going to do my thing this season in the championship, I'm ready. And then last game of, of pre-season, I do my MCL, which is not the worst knee injury, but it's like a, a six to eight weeker. So I've done my MCL. It's like the medial cruciate ligament. Yeah, meniscus or? No, 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 MCL. Okay. MCL, that, which yeah. is like the inside um, ligament. Mm. So I've done the MCL and um, I've I've done the wrong thing probably, which I always do, you know. I always go, when I get injured, I'm bored, in it? I'm pumping weights, man's putting on size. <laughs> I'm not looking in the mirror like, yeah, man's looking good. But I get on the pitch and I'm feeling it, bro. Mm. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'll be honest with you, like, for me, adding four or five kg, there's no benefit to that yeah, because the way I play, yeah. I'm not bodying man anyway. Mm. So even if I do add five kg, I'm not. I'm still not going to be bodying man. So it's, all it is doing is slowing me down. So anyway, I've put a muscle on, um, come back, and to be fair, playing right wing at the time, and Josh Bowler, he's now at Forest. He's a player, by the way. He is, frightening. Yeah. He was playing right wing, and I'm not gonna lie, he was doing his thing in it. Yeah, this is peak. Yeah, 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 I'm watching that, and I, I'm gonna be real with you, like, yeah. as much as you are a team, yeah. Mm. When you're on the bench and you're watching and you, you see a man in your position doing your thing, you you're thinking, fair play, right, fair play. You're thinking, like, yeah, yeah, this is peak. Still, like, yeah, man, like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, Josh, quality player, one of one of the silkiest man I've I've trained with and played with to be fair but yeah struggle to get back in really during that period bro yeah. what is the mentality because are you waiting for an injury are you like you know what fuck this I need to leave nah, like, what's, what's the mentality bro so there mm. I had six months left on my contract at Blackpool and um, the mentality was like I, I, I think I'd played fifth, four, you know 15 games um, mm. coming up to January mm. Like, not starts, like eight starts, maybe seven or six off the bench, mm. it. So, January's come now, and obviously you have the conversation with the club, like, my contract's up at the end of the season. Right now I'm not really playing. What's the situation? Am I going to get a new deal or or not? Because if I'm not going to get a new deal and I've got offers elsewhere, at the end of the day, I don't want to be in limbo at the end of the season. Mm. And have if, if you don't play from January to the end of the season, you're going to be a bit forgotten about. So the clubs that you might have been able to get in January, yeah. in summer, not you're not looking at them clubs no yeah, more. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I'm saying? You're not yeah. playing in six months. Mm -hmm. So if you've got something on the table that's that's decent and the money's good and it's it's a lengthy period of time and you've only got six months left, you, you're gonna you're gonna want to take it, which is what I did to be. Honest. Oh, so did you sort of like push push the club to let you go, or it was I was pushing for an answer whether I was gonna get gonna get a new deal or not, and it was mm -hmm. like. We don't know. We need to see how you do before the end of the season, like the rest mm. of the season. These times, bowlers smacking it, scoring <laughs> goal of the season, dribbling past five, man. So I'm thinking, I ain't gonna play. Yeah. So yeah, man, that was it, basically. So you went to Hibs from there? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm. So I went to Hibs. Um, started off with a bang, actually. Must have scored on my home debut. Um, Did you do the same thing for Hearts? Did you score for Hearts? So or you're man nah, of the match? Nah, nah, man, man of the, the match against Hibs, which is mad. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Went to Hibs, started off well, must have scored in a cup in my like fourth game, played about eight matches. It's mad, I know my stats off, off, by, off the top of my head. But yeah, injuries, injuries are obviously part of football, isn't it? So yeah, I've had, I've had my fair few in my, t my, fair few in my time. Um, like I said, my MCL whilst I was at Blackpool and they just seem to catch me at the wrong times. Um, I had an injury one time at a club and um, 
I must have got injured in a tackle, um, ankle injury, and yeah, got injured. Came in the next day, spoke to them and said like, "What's what's the plan?" Because it was like I was on crutches and that. So I had my scans and that. They said, "Right, you're gonna, you might need surgery, you might not." So I spoke to the specialist. Didn't need the surgery. They was like, "It's gonna take twelve weeks to rehab." So I'm like, "Cool." So I'm like. All right, 12 weeks to rehab. And when you're injured and you've got a goal at the end of it, it's it's, it's not too depressing because you know every day you're ticking on the days, right? One one week less to go. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was fine in that moment. Um, Got to the end of those 12 weeks and I'm still feeling mad pain in my ankle, innit? But this time it's coming from a different part of my ankle. So I'm thinking, is this even the same issue? Because like my ankle feels sturdy, but it's pinching at the back. So I'm like, cool, cool, right. These these lot know what they're talking about in it. So go to see another specialist. Um, he's now saying you need an operation to because it's not stable still. So I'm like, all right then. Like, is what it is, isn't it? Like just my look. But I'm like, is it really that? Because my uncle's feeling good and I'm and it, it's just it's it's feeling pinching at the back. It's like I'm just I'm googling things, innit? You know you do your Googles and yeah, you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. have I got this, have I got that? So I'm doing my Googles now. And I'm like, I don't feel great, but these men are saying if I have the op, it'll be fine. So let's go and get the op in it. So now I'm four months down the line because I tried to train through it. So I'm four months down the line now. Um, I am four months down the line and then have the operation, which is going to be another three months. So I'm seven months down the line now. So I'm seven months down the line. I come back and I'm still feeling the thing, still feeling at the back of the ankle. And now I'm thinking, this is mad, like. I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think about after ball and is it ever gonna get better? Do you get what I'm saying? These are the things that footballers start to think. So I'm. Con- I even contacted the PFA because I was worried that I might not be able to play again. So I'm t- thinking about coaching roles. It's mad, bro. Like what starts going on in your head. So anyway, I'm. I, I get on the phone to my my own physio and I'm like, I need to see you because whatever this is, it's not clearing up in it. And I'm starting to get the, the shouts at the club. Like I'm hearing mutters around around the club. Like. Is it is it in his head? Does he really want to play? Does he really oh, want to? Doesn't want to go through the this pain is, barrier. So yeah, yeah, and this is getting me mad, bro. So I'm thinking I need to go and see a specialist back in Manchester. I go down when I've got two days off. I see him and he's like, "Yeah, I think it's this impingement thing that you're going on about." But obviously, he's like, "You need to go and see a, a specialist in money, get a certain scan, and um, I I can't I can't diagnose it without you seeing him in it." So I'm 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 mad right now in it. So I go back to the club and I'm like. Yo, these this this brother's saying that it is the impingement. So I go in at like seven thirty in the morning. I'm 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 a bit teary, bro, because I'm hearing these murmurs about how he don't want to train. Like it's all right, it's in his head, and now I'm getting told that it's what I thought it was six months ago. So anyway, these are agreed to let me go and see the specialist. I go and see the specialist, and my man scans the ankle. It's an impingement, cluster of cysts in the back of the ankle. It says, don't worry about it. I'll puncture the cysts. I'll inject it with a steroid injection. You'll be good to go in seven to ten days. Bro, I was training, so in, I was training this, in ten days, bro. So this thing could have all been sorted in seven to ten days, but you went through seven m- months of them diagnosing bro, the wrong thing. it ended thing. up being nine. Do you know what I'm saying? So no, they, no, I definitely, I definitely got the injury, the, the, ankle, um, the ankle ligament injury. Mm. But when I came back from that, that's when I had the impingement the first time. But I ended up having a surgery rather than having an injection, mm. which so it should have really just been a three, three and a half month injury, mm. which ended up dragging out to being a nine month injury. These times I'm just getting pelters from 
left, right, and centre. So it was very frustrating time for me. So how was that solved then? Because again, you were right, the club were wrong. Did they sort of hold their hands up and so say you brushed know? under the carpet, bro? So no apologies, no. Nah, just brushed them. Yeah, maybe like, oh yeah, you was right then. That's about it. So was this the manager or the? Nah, nah the manager was nothing to do with it. The manager had changed over. Like obviously, the manager's not a physio. He's not. It's it's not his field, and it it's just one of them things where I don't blame I don't blame the club. It's just more of a misdiagnosis from the specialist that I saw whilst I was at the club. And the, the specialists don't work for the club. The specialists that outsource. Oh, it's like an independent. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's not, it's it's just one of them things, really. So after that, did that, obviously I know it's not based on the club, but did that sort of damage the relationship? Because they 100%. were sort of saying that, ah, oh, this is in your head, doesn't want to play, kind of thing. I feel like most players, when they get, when they've got an issue, 95% of the players, they, they all want to play on it. They don't want, nobody's, faking an injury nobody's not wanting to play through the pain um i've had managers come to me and say they're making just give me 60 today i know you've got a knock but you know i need you today and you you'll do that and you'll play through the pain like that's not an issue but you know players know the difference between playing through the pain which is like a dead leg which you know is just pain or you know something like that or mm. bruised bone you can <laughs> play through that but when you've got like something functionally not right it's difficult to play through the pain because one, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, am I going to make this worse? And two, it's structurally not right, isn't it? Mm. So you, you, you can't play through the pain in that situation. Mm, so how was your manager with um, the gaffer, Lee Johnson? Yeah, I don't really want to talk about that one stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Why not? It's just a, it's just it just wasn't the best relationship that I had with him. I'd say yeah, um, because in the game mm, you sort of hear murmurs mm. like you see online. I'm not sure mm. if you've seen it though. People. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I've, I've, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying in it, but I don't really like to talk about past managers, good or bad, really, because it's one of them. I don't want to. I don't want to drag anybody down. Of course, and of I course. Even players, I won't ever say anything negative about players. Of course, but it's like your experience. It's obviously yeah, with Jose yeah, yeah. Mourinho. Like he gave you his debut. Obviously, I'm not. No, no, no. I hear it. I hear it. it. Obviously, um, I don't know. It's one of them things, isn't it? I say he he didn't sign me. He didn't sign me at, at the club. Um, it came to the time where I'd been out for nine months. And you know what? I'm going to be real with you. So I was out for, like I said, nine months. Uh, Lee Johnson's come in. After I've got back fit, it's probably been nine and a half months. I'm probably not the sharpest. I'm probably not at my best. I've been missing football for nine and a half months. I was probably a bit depressed at the time because I couldn't get back. It was meant to be a three-month injury. It's turned into three quarters of a year. So when I've come back, I'm probably moving sharp in training, but I'm not fit in it. So I'm moving sharp. I've got good technique. I'm always, even if I'm, I'm probably put a bit of weight on, I'll always be looked, you get me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, nippy. And sharp like, with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I play in a game, Ross County at home. I'm not going to lie, I didn't have my greatest game. Didn't do no mess, didn't mess up for no goals. Mm -hmm. Was, didn't have a terrible game. Looked unfit, I'll be real. Been out for nine and a half months. Mm -hmm. um, got, Got dragged after 35 minutes. 35? Yeah, bro. Jeez. Maddest thing of my career, I think, still. Jeez. Yeah. So just what? When that happens, do you walk straight down the tunnel? Or... Because, um, like, you, you know see what? a lot of players... It's a blur to me right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. You, <know? laughs> you want to forget think, about that? <laughs> I, think I, I think I came off... I, I waited until half time and then got changed, in it? I think so. Mm. Yeah, man. But that was crazy. And then January came and... Um, the manager that I'm working for now... The relationship, Gary, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. the relationship I've got with him, 
is a very good one still. Like when I left Blackpool the first time, I didn't touch on this before, but my agent put me in contact with Gary and um, we done some one-to-one sessions um, in Manchester. At the time he wasn't managing and I didn't have a club and he was, he was I think, looking to get him back into coaching. So we done some sessions at um, Mottram Hall and um, he kind of got me back into the place of being able to go to the likes of Sunderland and Blackpool and being in good nick because I feel like without them sessions, I wouldn't have. And he obviously saw something in me because the first time I signed for Hibs, he was the assistant and it was kind of him that mm. got me there really. Mm. So then he's brought me to Hibs um, with Sean Maloney and then the Exeter move came around because he was the manager. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a manager that I've got a good relationship with. Um, and I think he's installed the confidence back in me. He's installed the belief back in me. He's pushed me a bit higher up, um, which I wasn't sure about myself because I'd been playing wing back for so long. Now going back to playing wing 10, it, it, I'm still adjusting to it now, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm still adjusting to it now, So, but I'm enjoying my time playing. I've had a good start to the season. Hopefully it continues. I just want to rewind a little bit. Um, to you said that when you were making your comeback after how long? Ten months? Nine and a half. Months, Nine and yeah. a half months. You said you were a bit depressed. Yeah, yeah. Can you go into a bit more detail as to what was happening? Yeah. So it was um, like I said, the first three months was fine because mm. I had that goal and, in my head. Yeah. I'm getting back in three months. Off season will come. I'll be back the same level as everyone else because they'll be on their holidays. I'll be getting back fit and we're ready to smash it in the new season. So that time was fine, innit? Mm-hmm. But the time of getting told I need to have an operation now after I've just done a rehab was just demoralising, innit? Like, it was like, like I said to you, I started ringing the FA and I was looking at, like, starting things. Not, not, not silly, to be honest. Probably smart at the time, but it was... Thinking about like loads of investments, these investments, them investments, um, buy to lets, HMOs. I'm, so, I'm watching Samuel Leeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, is this where you sort of like when when was your clothing line starting to You know what that was my first injury at Man United? Okay. So, the first injury at Man United that I picked up when I was when I left Hearts. I just kind of wanted to fill my time with something. Mm, um, okay. A lot of footballers they have so much spare time on their hands, so you'd be in in training for, let's say half eight nine o'clock, and most of the days on average you're leaving at two. Mm. So from two to ten thirty eleven p.m. when you're going to sleep, so it's, it's a long time to just be twiddling your thumbs. Mm-hmm. So obviously some players are playing the PlayStation, some which I was doing at the time as well. Bit of Fortnite back in the day, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> some players are playing golf. I'm not really into golf. Um, some players are gambling. I don't yeah. know. There's so many yeah. options that you've got to mm. choose from. So I've always been interested in clothing. And I actually started my first clothing brand when I was 14 called Wabu. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into yeah, that. Yeah, 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 at the end so, of the point. Okay, mm. okay. So yeah, I just wanted to scroll back to you said about the sort of mental sort of challenges you were going about you know contacting the pfa and all of that kind of stuff so what was going on what in my head yeah like because like did you see that at the end of the tunnel or was it like you're in a dark place like how how was it on the day you know when i knew that the surgery was mad Mm. (laughs) so 
I'm I'm laying at the surgery plate. I've got the gown on in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got the gown on now, and um, the lady comes in with like the pen in it. You know, they write on your leg before you go down. Like which one it is in it. Okay. And she goes, oh, she write one in it. I said, huh? No. <laughs> and from that moment, I knew this is something's not right. Like, yeah. She was gonna the operation. If I was just like, obviously, I was never gonna say yeah. Mm. yeah. I would have been getting my right ankle done, bro. That's terrible. Like, it's you terrible. Know. <laughs> That just made me feel like just um just one of the chickens in the in do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. slaughterhouse. Yeah, 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 like not yeah, just like one uh, just a number. Like, mm. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Most mm-hmm. people, it is probably the right leg in it, because most people are right for it. <laughs> and then I was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's the left one. And she's like, oh all right. <laughs> That's mad. So like January, obviously, like you're yeah. at Hibbs. I know they lost, I think, two other players as well. Kevin Nisbet, I think you went to Mirwall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think one of, is it Ryan? No, 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 that was, um, okay. Yeah, that was the same transfer window. Sorry, I, was talk, I thought you were talking about the, the window I signed, didn't it? So the window you left. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I know Kevin Nisbet went to Mirwall. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, Porteous yeah. went to Watford, Watford as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, talk to us about that, going to, to, to Exeter. Yeah, man. So it was one of them where... I knew the writing was on the wall in it, and I'll be honest with you, it was. I, I didn't have much on the table. Like I said, I hadn't been playing for what twelve months, so I didn't really have too much on the table now. And um, I think I had Forest Green, that was rock bottom of League One on a loan, and I had Exeter. And realistically, I knew after not playing for so long, I'm looking a lower League One team or League Two team in it at, at that time. So linking back up with Gary. Um, it was kind of felt like a no-brainer because the only thing that was putting me off was I was nine hours. I mean, I was four hours away in Edinburgh, and I'm five hours away in Exeter. It's a nine-hour trip, bro. Yeah. Like I had to do that. The the thing that people don't realize in, in football, like you don't know until all the the lines and all the signatures are signed that it's happening. So you can't just pack up your house and, like yeah, it's happening next week. You've got to just pack it up on the day. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You gotta pack it up on the day, your whole house. These times I've got two beds, three wardrobes, sofa, table and chairs, all in my house that's in in Edinburgh, innit? So do the clubs like sort that out though? No, like you it? get your relocation fee and it's like sort it out, innit? Seriously. Yeah, man. It's crazy. And it's yeah. like you gotta just just obviously when you get to the club, they'll help you out sorting out your place down there, innit? Mm-hmm. But in terms of leaving the club you're at, there's no help, bro. It's like <laughs> You've you, you sorted now, do you think? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Which is fine. Like, you get your relocation fee. You need to be a grown adult to to figure out the, the ways to sort your stuff out, innit? Some players are moving from Edinburgh to across the across the world, innit? Do you know what I'm saying? So that that's just a transition in itself. Mm, so you've had, like, a decent time at Exeter, to be honest. Like, I know you've already basically matched your stats for this season from last season. Yeah. But you just need one more assist and basically match. Like, you've been doing your, your, your homework, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Yeah, I know your stats yeah, better yeah, than man. you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuckmob, fuck mob, is it? You're going fuck mob? No, no. You're going back fuck mob? No, no. You're going fuck mob. It's a good app still. Okay, yeah, in terms of stats. Go yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're investing in that, yeah. Got, I know you've been doing your business. Give me some better ratings. <laughs> we know we got our sources. We don't. We don't look at Wikipedia. We got our sources. <laughs> so like, yeah, obviously it's been a decent season so far for yeah. you, isn't it? and so like, where do you feel physically? Because throughout your story, like, there's been a lot of injuries, a lot of setbacks. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you've had that sort of clean run. No, nah, not yet. Yeah. yeah, I feel um right now I'm feeling sharp, bro. Like. I'm starting to get that confidence that I had when I was a, when I was um, 
a youth footballer again, like just kind of being a bit more instinctive, playing off the cuff. Um, I want to talk about wingers actually. Right now, in this time, I feel like I've noticed a big change in wingers from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I was loving football, watching it as a fan, compared to the Premier League, not just the Premier League, global wingers now. Like I used to look up to the types of players like Neymar. He was like, my first idol was Henri. And then when he kind of got to the back end of his career, it was Neymar. I always had um, idolised Mahrez. Yeah. These kind yeah. of men here, Ronaldinho. I feel like those kind of players are a few and far between right now compared to um, 10, 15 years ago. Like you've obviously got your Vinicius's, you've got um, Mahrez is just... On the Salah's back of Salah. Not even Salah He's more efficient To be fair I just mean man That are just a bit more Flary mm. and nimble You got man That are just like Going down the line mm. Doing a little thing Turning up Setting it back To the to the full back Or coming inside I don't know It's just not as it's like, I think it's being coached out It's being yeah, coached, it's being coached out, out Like Players are I feel like They're um, a bit more afraid To make mm. a mistake um, And It doesn't I'm not saying that it's better or worse. It's more entertaining to mm. see the Mahrez as the Neymars. If you watch Mahrez when he was at Leicester compared to Mahrez at City, mm. it's a different Mahrez. It's mm. a more efficient Mahrez. Mm. Probably, he was he was obviously getting numbers at Leicester, but it's just a more efficient Mahrez in terms of he's not chopping man as much. Yeah. He's not holding mm. on to the ball and dribbling past man because it's 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 probably it's not as effective. You know, mm. a player like Saint yeah, Maximum. Yeah, that's an yeah, example. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He you looks know great to watch, <laughs> but. The numbers are not always yeah. there, innit? You know who I would say has a mix of both right now in the Premier League? Matoma. Yes. That brother right there, he's one of my favourite wingers. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Bro, yeah. that guy is clean. <laughs> you know he stood, he stood the dribbling? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, got a thesis, yeah, innit? Yeah, 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 bro. I need to do that, you know. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's dribbling is. It's crazy. crazy. And it's an end product always. Yeah. Like, not always, but this season so far. He's been frightening. And like when you look at it in terms of when you expect like a winger to block, he's like what, 25, 26? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's like... Yeah, he's at, the, yeah, he's so at the, the peak of his... Not the peak of his, but he's at mm. that time now where you, it's perfect yeah. to elevate, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But now, nah, man, like... Yeah, it's definitely... I understand why players are not doing it as much because like I said, everything's gone a bit more stat-based. I remember back in the day... I used to buzz off watching um Sakari and what was it now? Um Showboat. Ah yeah, 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 yeah. Showboat. And you see man just Ben Arthur and them man. These kind of players and Yannick Belassi. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, Wolf, man. Like yeah. It's 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 definitely the wingers have changed in it. And I feel like it's I've I've it's it's grown up as well because I've changed my game as well mm. as I've gotten older and as I'm playing higher up, I kind of understand that you have to be efficient and mm. there's it's finding a, a sweet spot between both like like a Matoma like you know when Anthony's shaking his leg and then passing it back <laughs> it's not great you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> nah not to disrespect yeah, no, Anthony no, 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 but it's I'm true just though, it's an example like, yeah. it's yeah. bluff it's yeah. bluff yeah. Yeah. it's not going to get an egg it's not people are not thinking yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I'm thinking this yeah. is nonsense you know what I'm saying yeah you're right there's a sweet spot that you have to find isn't it and it's hard to find still because you want to you want to entertain but you want to be efficient and and get the stats and assists and the stats that I got last year actually were quite good because I was playing wing back all of them matches. Mm. So 16 starts, two goals, three assists, 
wing backs, not the worst. So one in three. It's not I can't bad. really compare this season's start to last season because I'm playing a different position. So mm. I feel like I've just carried on the track that was kind of going on from last season, really. Mm. But so yeah. for you, like, you're just on your stats as well. Obviously, you want to contribute mm. to the team, but it's about, okay, like, I know, obviously, I've got aspirations of playing at the highest level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And numbers are going to deliver me playing at the highest level mm. kind of thing. Yeah, no, nah, 100%. Of, of course, the main thing that you, you know that the higher you finish up on the table with your team respectively is going gonna, is gonna to get you a better move as well. So, you know, you can have stats, but if you, I don't know, end up playing and finishing in the bottom three, then they're not really that valuable. So yeah. you want a blend of both, really. Um, stats is not really something that I like. I've, I looked at, at my game too much as I've been mainly a wing-back. So now that I'm playing higher up, I've shifted my focus a bit towards it and I think the thing that I helped me if you look at a lot of my goals I scored quite a few good goals in my career yeah. like, to say the least man you scored some crackers. bangers yeah, yeah I scored some yeah, good man. goals man so I know I've got that in the locker but yeah. then when I've got time to think about it that's the finishes that I'm not finishing off which mm. is what I need to work on so I think I had a 1v1 against Burton I've done outrageous touch like back heel touch thing to get myself in a position to bury it and I've overthought it, and not uh, overthinking, but rushing at the same time. Mm. It's a weird com. It's a weird mm. thing, but it's it's something that if I feel like if I can nip that in the bud or work on that, I could add maybe five or six goals to the to my to my end of my season. So yeah. And would you say you're feeling fitter than ever? Yeah, mm. right now the way I'm feeling like. With me, it's always about game time. So mm. I can do as much running in pre-season. I can do as much leg weights or weights in the gym. But until I've got that sustained period of games, I don't ever feel like on a run and I don't ever feel fit. Like I've been saying to my family, like right now, this is probably one of the fittest I've felt in my career. Now and probably when I first went along to Hearts, when I had a run of games and I was flying. So if I can stay fit, inshallah, then... Yeah, man, I feel like I'll be onto a good season. And what's what's next for you, bro, from a personal standpoint? For me, you know what, yeah? Football's a funny game, innit? So, right now, people will be saying, Mitchell, like, if he carries on the way he is, then he could be in, in for a good move in the summer or get a good new deal or... I don't know, innit? But, mm. like, in football, things change like this, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Touch wood, I could get injured. And, you know, I'm thinking my contract's done at the end of the season. Am I going to get a new one? So I feel like these are the things people don't think about sometimes. Um, like I said, I've been in a situation before where I thought I was going to be released, end up playing for the first team. Um, so things change in football very quickly. So you can't really plan too far ahead. Mm. You don't know what club you're going to be at in nine months' time at the end of the season. You don't know if you're going to get a new deal. You don't know how well you're going to do. So... Yes, it's all well and good to say these are my goals, but in terms of like next move or ambitions, you can have ambitions, yeah, but in terms of next move or where I want to be, it's it's very difficult to say. I wanted to talk to you about, I don't know, the financial side of playing in the lower league because yeah. I think a lot of people get misconceptions. If they think professional footballer, they think baller. When he retires, <laughs> doesn't have to work again. He's nice. Yeah, yeah. But I think when you get to like League One and League Two, you see, like, short-term contracts being handed mm. out, like, one year, stuff 
stuff like that. And they've so, getting six months. Six mm-hmm. months, bro. Yeah. Obviously, since COVID, I know it's been a bit techie. So how do you sort of like navigate your life knowing that there's no real security? I feel like, so usually Premier League's like four to five year deals. Championship maybe two to three, mm. sometimes four. League one and league two is one or two year deals. Like it's very rare someone's getting slapped on a three year contract unless you're 22 or 21 and they want to protect their asset at the club. Do you know what I'm saying? So in that respect, like it's all well and good being on decent money, but you kind of can't plan too far ahead because you don't know if that decent money that you've got for the year, if you is going to be anything at the end of the season. Do you know what I'm saying? And I've played with players that been playing League One and now they're not playing at all. Or they've been playing League Two and they're out of the game. They've not played for two years. Like, football's done. So, yeah, it's easy to say he gets decent money or he's nice after football. But the truth of the matter is, unless you're playing Premier League, because you have to understand, let's just put, let's say 10k a month for, because it's an easy number, isn't it? You've got a two-bag mortgage. You've got your whip for yourself, maybe a whip for your mum. You've got insurance to pay. You've got maybe a holiday that you're going on. Let's say your outgoings is six bags, yeah? Mm. All right, you've got four bags that you're saving, innit? End of that contract's done. Where are you, where are you finding six bags? Because you've still got the mortgage. You've still got the monthly payments on the car. You've still got the insurance. And the cost of living is going up. And the cost of is going up, bro. <laughs> so it's like, where are you finding six bags? So you can't really... A man that's on 100 bags that's a doctor and a man that's on 100 bags that's a footballer is very different because I'm a doctor or whatever job, accountant, banker, I've got a boy that he's earning decent money, yeah? Big up Sam, yeah, you're doing your things, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's been elevating, he's the same age as me, innit? But he's, he's, he's doing well for himself, but he's a banker, innit? And like, he's on good bread now, but he knows his, whatever he's getting now is never gonna drop below that. Mm-hmm. He knows that until he's 65, He's, he's just elevating, promotion, or even if he stays on the same or with him, gets little in- increments mm. from inflation, he knows until, he can plan his whole life, bro. Yeah. He can say 35 year mortgage, I'm gonna do this. Mm. By that time I can get this. He can probably spend 80% of his wage and only save 20. Whereas a footballer, if he's doing that, spending 80% of his wage is, is a bit silly still because realistically, like I said, if you've got a two year deal, I don't even like getting a car longer than what my football contract term is because it's just scary to me thinking I could not have a job and I've got something that's got to go out every month. Do you know what I'm saying? Crazy, man. So it's a lot different than... than mm. Of course, it's a blessed position to be in in terms of being able to do something that you love for good money. But at the same time, I feel like people get a bit... It's a bit misunderstood, mm. the situation. So like, how have you navigated that? Because, again, even the contract that you've had at Exeter, yeah. obviously you were in a position where maybe you didn't have much leverage because you're coming back from an injury. So how do you sort of view that in terms of obviously trying to push to get to the next level? What do you mean? So we say that again. So Yeah, so obviously when you joined Exeter, yeah. obviously it was a position of no leverage. So I'm sure maybe the money that they were offering, it wasn't top dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in that sense. Well, you have to understand when players are leaving clubs that they're contracted to, it's very rare that they end up with a loss, like coming out on a losing end. Like, a, like for example, Harry Maguire has been offered, I don't know how much, to just leave the club in it. So most time you don't find yourself out of pocket in it when mm. you've moved when you've moved club. Um if you've gone to a club that you might think that you've dropped in wages in it. Mm. Um yeah, so it wasn't really too much of a too much of an issue with that. Mm. But it was a it was just a transitional period in it and understanding that it's not I wouldn't call it 
a stepping stone, but of course I'm not gonna lie and say I don't have ambitions to be playing higher up in it. Like my realistic goal is probably to be get myself to a top end championship team because I'm 26 now. Sometimes you have to be realistic. You get me? Mm. Like I always t- I always tell younger players in the changing room your most important years is 18 to 23, 22, because if you can just do well at that age, you don't have to do great and you can get a move. You can do have a good season at 20 and you'll get a move to a championship team. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I've had a, a teammate, he had a very good season, to be fair to him, Josh Key. He's now at Swansea. Um, it weren't, like, the best season in the world, but it was a good season mm. and he's young, innit? Mm-hmm. So he's got a nice Trust move. Me, yeah. Whereas maybe a 27, 28-year-old that's had that same season, they won't be able to get that same deal. Mm. So if you can do your thing between 18 and 22, you're going to be on for good things in, in your career, man, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so talk to us about life outside of football. What does Dimitri get up to? Yeah, man. Um, of course, I got my clothing brand. This is one of the newest collections, but it's not out yet. It's dropping about mid-October, and it's so free spirit. That's what. I, that's how I like to to live life, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Benet clothes. Yeah, that's what I do when I get home. Like I said, a lot of a lot of spare time on my hands. I got mm. a little one too. I've got um little property investments here and there, but um. Yeah, the main thing I like to do, man, is is work on my clothing brand, and I'm a big fan of boxing. So, okay. like a lot of men like golf. Boxing's my kind of thing, isn't it? I'm big into boxing yeah. as really, well. Yeah? Really? Yeah, 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 I love my boxing, yeah, man, isn't it? So, so, what do you make of the landscape right now? Of boxing? Yeah. Ooh, it depends what division we're talking about. I, I, my favorite division right now is probably I like the the lightweight division um, and the welterweight division. So, obviously, in the lightweight, you got tank. You've got um, Lomachenko, yeah, yeah, Javante, you've got Devin Haney, Devin Shakur, Haney. Yeah. yeah, yeah, them man, innit? So, mm. some very big fights there to be had, innit? I've not watched too much of Shakur, but I've heard he's frightening. So, I'm interested to see what he does. Right now, I've got to say Terence Crawford after that performance. Yeah, yeah, he's that the was, goal still yeah, right now. yeah, definitely, he's man. He's the goal. Um, obviously, I watched that Eubank fight the other day. Mm. It, I'm, I'm, um, I'm friendly with Conor Ben, so hopefully that okay. they can get that on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got a picture of him with the Benet t-shirt on. Okay, First geez. ever collection. Big up Conor Ben still as yeah. well. You get me? Um, yeah, man. Hopefully I can... I like Conor Ben as a fighter, man. He's, he's ferocious. He, um, when he talks, he's... He, I believe him when he talks about what he's going to do to opponents. Like, I like the trash talk side of things. And I feel like that's why... When I'm on Twitter... I've only just started recently on Twitter with the the polls and, you know, the controvers- controversial mm. things, but... I'm a wind-up merchant, innit? <laughs> I'm at training. These are the same things I'm talking yeah. to to my my yeah. teammates about. And yeah. I feel like the social media... Sorry, when I'm talking, I go, I'll just go off on tangents. <laughs> like, like me. Like me. Like me. <laughs> but um, the social media thing, I feel like football has lost its connection with the fans, like player-to-fan connection, mm. innit? And I feel like Twitter is a platform where you can do, you can do that, yeah. man. Do you get what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. When I'm when I'm giving it back to a few fans, like I don't mind criticism in it. If mm. man said, you know what, you weren't too great in your second spell at Hearts, I said, you know what, you're probably right in it. Like you're entitled to your opinion mm. in it. But when man are saying, you're shit, ugly bastard, and all of that, like do your thing. But I'm gonna come for you in it. You get me? I'm gonna come. <laughs> like you're a man and I'm a man. Mm. If you're gonna chat shit to me, I might yeah. chat shit back to you. I'm not yeah. gonna say anything yeah, yeah, that yeah. I shouldn't be saying. Yeah, but, you get me? But yeah. I might say like I feel like you look at some of my tweets, you'll see what I'm talking about in it. Mm. But I feel like 
it's just tongue and cheek half of the things I say. It's mm. just banter. It's banter, man. Friendly banter. It's funny. It's football banter. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? You, you know what's mad? I'm gonna go on a tangent quickly, yeah. if you don't mind. And obviously, we're talking about boxing and 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 stuff like that. And I just wanted to ask you in regards to drug testing in football, mm-hmm. like because recently we're seeing a lot of athletes testing you know positives for you know banned performance enhancing drugs and all of that kind of stuff so how is the testing in football it's um it's random in it like to be honest it was in the other day i don't know if that's the paul pogba effect (laughs) so how many times do you get tested in a season you could go the whole season without being tested yeah like it's just out of a hat in it sometimes you might get tested three times in the season um they'll come in they'll just turn up they'll be watching training and they'll be like you you and you you need to come with us. You follow. They follow you around. You can't leave the site, innit? Like, they come into the changing room. Yeah, if you want to get a shower, them and are there yeah, watching, yeah, like. See, they'll go <laughs> to the they watch. Them yeah, and are yeah, there, yeah. like. So, yeah, it's just random, innit? So, so have you been tested this season or? No, nah, not yet, but I'm mm. sure I will be mm. because of probably the high, the, the highlight of Pogba, innit? Mm. I probably, I reckon that they'll probably start testing a little bit more. So you think stuff like that has an impact in regards to, oh, there's been a high-profile player. Yeah, 100%. Let's get- I remember when I was at United, mm. um, a player was promoting Herbalife, and mm. within a week he started getting tested because he was promoting her. He hadn't, he hadn't been taking anything illegally, mm. but because he was promoting uh, a substance that wasn't batch-tested, that man had us mm. on it, do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like that does play a part, and that's probably why um, they was in two days ago. That's interesting. Yeah. So even like talking more about your clothing line been there. So how do you juggle that with the football? Yeah, is it, man. Is it so challenging or... Do you know what it is? It's thrilling. I wouldn't say it's too challenging. It's thrilling. Um, it's not too... You know what? I had a manager once tell me, yeah. I'm not going to say who it was, but they said, I think you should quit football still. These times football weren't going too good for me. And he was like, I think you should pack it in. Like, just if you're making money from your clothing brand, just do that. And that hurt me a lot still. That, that hurt me a lot because football is my number one passion, isn't it? And for someone to just say like just just give up basically, it mm. it was it was tough to take. But yeah, going back to the clothing, um, some people are mad. Some people think that like I've got all the stuff at my house and <laughs> I'm going to Royal Mail and I'm posting <laughs> it in the letterbox. And then on the other scope of things, some people think it, we've got this massive warehouse that's the Benair factory. <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's the same like Boohoo Man. And it's like it's no, it's not like that. And it's not like that. It's the way it works is. So we've got a fulfillment center, which deal with all the returns and all the parcels. So we will deliver the stock that we've made. I'm in my living room. I'll get my tape measure out. I, so let me tell you the process from start mm-hmm. to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so something like this, I'll get a hoodie that I like, the, the shape of, the silhouette, and I'll measure out the arms, I'll measure out the back, I'll measure out the center back length, and then I'll send that fit spec to the factory. They'll then send me some fabrics to choose from. Oh, I've got a fabric book. I'll look at the fabric book. I'll say I want 450 GSM. I want 500 GSM, whatever the weather. I'll send them... What's GSM? um, Sorry, that's um, grams per square meter. So they'll cut out a square meter and they'll put it on the scales. And you could have two fabrics that are the same size, but one of them's only weighing 300 grams and one of them's weighing 450. So I'll tell them I want a 450 or a 500 because for me... It's very important that people appreciate what I've made. So if I I couldn't make Boohoo Man quality because I I I'm got quite a big ego in terms of people. Not an ego, but 
yeah, an ego where I don't want people to say that oh, Demetri Mitchell's brand like looks mm. alright, but it's shit quality. Mm. That would hurt me, innit? Mm. So I always try and make sure that the quality is bang on. Sometimes it hurts my pocket because I could easily make cheaper clothes, mm. sell it for a similar price, and make more profit. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I can't do that. So anyway, I make the design on Illustrator when I'm at home. So this is like me playing PlayStation. So my version of PlayStation is making this design on Illustrator. Mm. Um, send that off to the factory. They'll then get the samples made after I sent them the design, the tech pack with the measurements on. That'll come back. I'll say, change this, change that. Good to go. They'll make the batch, ship it to the fulfillment center, put the barcodes on, ship it to the fulfillment center, and then the fulfillment center will scan it in, and then it's good to go. Live, I'll, sh I'll do the photo shoot before it's landed, so it's good to go as soon as it drops at the fulfillment center. But the fulfillment center is... um a place where you could have your own brand. It doesn't have to be clothing, it could be anything. And they've got loads of different brands at that fulfillment center mm. that they'll pick and pack for. And that's how they'll make their money in it. So they'll put a little drink on top of the postage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Which mm. is off, it's, 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 it's good. And you'll pay your warehouse fee for storing it there. So in terms of everything, in terms of picking and packing mm. it and sending it to customers, stuff. that's boxed off. So yeah. I, that, that allows me to be able to focus on balling it and just, do the the website and do the the illustrator and marketing I, that's with a third party company as well they got real returns on that one um so yeah that's the process man and sometimes you deal with customers with the returns and they, they feel like i feel like they think they're talking to a robot or a chatbot or just somebody that doesn't have and i i'm replying to them myself yeah. on a shopify inbox and it's like Man, I start getting cheeky and then it's hard for me <laughs> to, be professional. to be professional. And I'm like, brother, like, have some respect. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I've had people being racist. A black man was being racist to me saying, um, go back to your own country. And I'm like, brother, like, and then my man said, oh, I thought it was a Polish brand. But I, thought, I said, that's besides the point, brother. Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah, like, it's, it's funny sometimes, man. It's funny sometimes. But I feel a lot of people have been, I won't say supporting mm. because I don't like that word because I don't think it's support. I think people genuinely like the clothes mm -hmm. and they're not, per I don't like people purchasing it just for support. I like yeah. them to want to buy it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I was telling you before that I've purchased like two pieces. Yeah, uh, You man. can go back to our episode, I think with like Jason Punch and yeah, two, yeah, three yeah. years ago where I uh, was supporting the hoodie. Oh, I really? Yeah. yeah, I came across <laughs> it on Instagram. So I said, you know what? Like this brand, let me let me support, man. You know, you know what I'm feeling. Your your the new flares that you've got. The flares, yeah, these bro, are a pair I'm of them right now. Yeah, still, I'm gonna, you get I'm me. gonna have yeah. to grab a pair. Not bad, still. Yeah, not me. bad, still. Little combo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one, eighty-five. Bottoms, ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> Benairclaw.com. Come on. So what's next for for Benair? Oh, what's next, man? So do you, you want to be one of the top? My goal for mm. Benair right now is I've, I've I've spoke to my friends about this. Um is to just be in a position by the time I finish football to be able to do that full time. Mm -hmm. So if it's just, if that's, I'm not gonna put figures on it, but as long as that's me and I don't have to think, oh, what can I do after ball? Do I need to do this? Like, I need to, I don't wanna have to be in a position when I've finished to have to be doing that nine to five. That's a bit of a fear of mine. Mm -hmm. Being in a position where it's like, I need income for my family. I need to do a nine to five. I just wanna get it to the position where it's like, an enjoyment and a hobby that I'm also earning good money from. Mm -hmm. But I say the, the short-term goal, we've just got some um, investment. Mm. Um, so we're gonna be doing a big range in spring, which is gonna involve probably three times the amount of stock that we've usually got, which is a is a big step in the right direction. So yeah, 
it should be good. No, you see brands right now doing their thing. Obviously, Mana Devoir, Reese yeah, Obara, yeah, ex-footballer, Cortez as well, yeah, killing yeah. it. So those sort of brands that you look at and think, you know what, I respect what you're doing. I want to get there one day. Or are they competition? Now, I wouldn't say that the competition because at the end of the day, there, there's levels to this thing, in it? So I wouldn't say in terms of design, is there's our quality, but in terms of like the business aspect of Cortez and, and MDV, like, they're in the Premier League, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Right now, I'm probably League One. So mm. pushing champ. Pushing champ. Like my football team, yeah. like you get me. <laughs> We're going on the same trajectory, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? 100, 100. So um yeah, not in terms of quality and design, but in terms of yeah, yeah, like yeah. packaging. Like yeah, branding. how big yeah, we are yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. We're a League One. Mm. Do you get me? Yeah. So um nah, respect to them, man. Them man are Do you have relationships with them? Cause I know Reese Rivara is obviously like a footballer. Yeah. And you sort man. of see his content, like he seems to have a I, know, I, I probably good, look at the brand mindset. of and I look at I look at um George Heaton who's oh, represent, represent yeah. yeah, like I like that brand a lot, man. He's um he's killing it, man. Like yeah. I watch a lot of his stuff on YouTube. They've got a new a new space that looks frightening. Um, physically, he's, he's in good nick. Like he's, he's killing it right now still. So yeah, represent definitely a big inspiration of mine. Um, along with there's some other little brands out there that I like as well still. Um, fully paid, that's my guy still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I'm trying to think of some other stuff. Cole Buxton, I don't know them though, so. Yeah, so like, as a, a fashion brand, like, brand, as you yeah. said, there's loads of like different, so how do you mm. sort of like find your own thing to, to stand out? Is it? Do you know what it is? So with with clothing, there's a big difference. There's a small line, but a big difference between copying and inspiration. So mm. you need to find that right balance because you can you know that there's a trend, but you don't want to look like you're copying too much in it. Mm. So. Although sometimes I might make something that I'm looking at and thinking that's frightening. I can't release it because I know that it's too close to the, mm. do you get what I'm saying? And you've seen so that I'll a try couple of those brands it. in the yeah. past sort of have... Yeah, exactly, yeah. a bit of beef in it. Mm. But you know what, for me, if I did copy something a bit too much and I got drawn out for it, I said, you know what, bro? I'm not going to lie. Your thing's hard. I, I thought, I, I tried to, I, I drew some inspiration mm-hmm, from it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I copied it too much in it. Mm-hmm. Apologies on that one. Oh, you that's get me? humble. Yeah, because it sometimes it happens, man. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. lie. Some yeah, you try and follow the trends mm-hmm. in it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? There's only so much you There's can only do. So much. Right like, now, the bubble printing's hard, isn't it? Like, yeah. bro, put a little bubble printing. <laughs> yeah. on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you have yeah, to, yeah. you have to take bits and bobs. What I try and do is I take a little bit from there, I pinch a bit from there, mm-hmm. and I mesh it together into one. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like. I made a collection called the Casuals Collection and it had that the rubber badge there from like, I'll say Essentials. Um, but I twisted it with a few other elements from other things that I drew inspiration from. So yeah, you can't, like I said, copy and inspiration, small line, man, small line. I wanted to talk to you. I know we probably brushed over it. Like the Man United here and now. Yeah, Obviously yeah. on the Ten Hag, there's been a few situations recently. Obviously, with like Jaden Sancho, mm. Ten Hag sort of called him out after the press conference, said he's not training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were Jaden, like, how would you react? Would you, I don't know, go on social media? Would you knock on the manager's door? Or would you just keep quiet and just keep training? For me, I've got a different perspective on that situation in terms of with Sancho replying on the social media. I don't think it was the right thing to do, but I don't think he was coming for the manager and saying. I think he said something along the lines of not everything you hear is true. I've been made a scapegoat. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's him going at the manager. I think he's talking about 
all the media attention because media was saying is he not is he not is he turning up late is he being disrespectful is he big time so i think he was more talking about what the media was portraying of him rather than the manager saying he's not trained well because the manager's at the end of the day entitled to what he thinks but when you hear outside noise of people murmuring saying that it's this it's that and it's nothing to do with that and you've been on time you've not been disrespectful you've not been big time and you've just not had a good week of training it's like why is everyone on my case saying i'm doing these things and i'm not so i feel like i don't think this is just my opinion and maybe i'm a bit biased because i'm a player but i don't think he was coming for the manager i think he was coming for the media mm. and yeah. another another person i wanted to speak to you about is anthony because i've got a lot of man united fran- fans that have sort of said yeah basically this guy's not cutting it as a winger in the Prem, yeah. he doesn't have any sort of you know special what? effects. He doesn't. I thought he was going to ask me about the situation that he's on right now. So <laughs> no. I prefer not to speak. But yeah, yeah, the football side, go on. Yeah, in terms of, because you're in a great position to answer this because you yeah. played fullback and you also play winger now. So like, I used to be a left back, by the way. Okay. And like, a lot of people say he hasn't got a special effect in terms of like pace to beat a man. Like he's only got that one trick in terms of like cutting in and using his left foot. So like as a winger at Man United, mm. do you think he's got like the ability to make it there? It's a good question. I wouldn't say ability to make it there sounds a bit harsh, isn't it? But I'd say in terms of what I'm looking at in the Premier League right now, wingers, when it's coming to Matoma, like you mentioned, mm. when it's coming to Rashford, um, Saka, I personally can't see Anthony reaching them heights in it. Mm. Hopefully, it proves me wrong. Like I'm not trying to drag anybody down. Of course, of I'm course. just giving my honest football opinion. Football debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, when I'm talking about football, about Premier League players, I'm just a fan because I'm yeah. playing League One. These men are better than me, so <laughs> I'm not trying to say yeah. Anthony's bad or no, yeah. dead. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like because yeah. he's, he's playing high of level course, than of me. Course, of so I'm just talking from a, a fan's perspective. But yeah, when I'm watching as a winger myself, I feel like. Um, that left foot that he's got, that he can put top bin, mm. it's, it's quality, isn't it? Like, Iron Robben-esque. But Robben are played against him. He's got a lot more to his game than just cutting in and slapping it bins. <laughs> Ma- Mourinho, this is a good story. You'll like this one. <laughs> You'll like this one. So I'm warming up now. We've got, we're playing Bayern Munich. In fact, we had a room with Barca the game before. I'm on the bench against, I'm, I'm starstruck, bro. I'm seeing Messi, Suarez and Neymar, bro. I'm stood next to them in the tunnel, like, these things, these memories, you, like, you, you you don't take them in at the time. Mm. But when I'm looking back, I'm just there, like, I'm comparing my height to Neymar and Messi. <laughs> I'm looking at his trim, like, it's it's, it's crazy, man. Um, But yeah, so I'm warming up against Bayern. I come on, and before I come on, Mourinho goes to me, kid, kid, because he used to call all the youngsters kid, innit? Kid, um, show him down the line. I mean, yeah, show him down the line, don't let him come inside. Like I think every defender's probably been told that. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, Dimitri, bro, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, before we wrap up, we have a closing tradition on this podcast where we ask the guests to recommend a potential guest in football to come onto this platform. Mm. Who comes to Who comes to your head? That I have links with. Yeah, Keshi Anderson, good personality mm. at Birmingham right now. Okay. Um, and I think he would like to come on. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think who else that would be good to come on the show. One more. Give us one, one more. One more. Mm. 
Ethan Laird. Okay. He's at Birmingham as well. Yeah. I think he's at Blues. He was at Bournemouth QPR. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah For me, I only just got to train with him a handful of times, innit? But he's got everything, bro. Oh, like, yeah. he's quick. He's got tech. He's a big lad. Like, for a right back or right wing back, he's solid, bro. Like, there's nothing to his mm-hmm. game. If you got tech and you're fast and you're strong as a wing back or full back, there's not much more you can ask, innit? So, yeah, and he's a big personality as well. He'll be good to have on. Cool. Um, one more. He probably won't come on, but Jerry is. <laughs> he's, okay, yeah. He's banner, bro. Yeah. He's banner. He'll be good, man. He'll be good. But yeah, them three. No, bro, it's been a pleasure, man. Like, Absolutely, one hour, 50 bro. minutes, like, nah, coming all the way it. from Exeter yeah, to come man. check yeah. us, obviously, to get your passport. Quickly <laughs> 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 fit us in, innit? Yeah, 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 it's yeah. only right, man. No, no, love, love, man. Love, man. I appreciate love, that, bro. bro. Brother? Love, brother. Love, man. Love. My guy. My guy. Love, bro. We're going to leave it there. That's another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. Over and out. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.